Blog Talk Radio. St. Nicholas, patron saint of children everywhere. This inspired drama is the work of brown-habited friars who, in addition to the task of presenting these dramas of the lives of the saints, conduct a perpetual miraculous medal novena for the spiritual and material aid of all. These friars will gladly offer prayers to your aid, regardless of your race, creed, or color. You should address your request to the Father Director of the Ave Maria Hour, at Garrison, New York. And now the friars give you the story of St. Nicholas. Come with us to a great metropolis, a modern Babylon whose towers of stone and steel rise to dizzy heights and seem to pierce the puffy white clouds that sweep across a sky of deepest blue. Far below, on the wind-swept streets of the city, the roar of traffic rises on the clear and frosty air. It is shortly before Christmas, and throngs of eager shoppers, rich and poor alike, fill the city streets. Suddenly, our eyes fall upon a little boy as he darts in and out of the crowd. His clothes are worn and threadbare, and in his tightly clenched fist, knuckles blue with the biting cold, he holds a somewhat crumpled envelope. But wait, he pauses in front of the great cathedral, as though arrested by some sound that comes from within its holy precinct. Let us draw closer and listen with him. in the midst of this modern setting. Voices singing a Christmas hymn. How beautiful. How very beautiful. No wonder our little friend paused to listen. But look, he is mounting the cathedral steps, and as he does, slowly as though by an unseen hand, the great cathedral door is opened, and the kindly aged priest stands framed in the doorway, he speaks to the little boy. You like the music, little boy? Oh, yes, Father. It's, it's very beautiful. Well, then, come in. You're quite welcome. 
And besides, you must be cold. Come in. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Oh, it's nice and warm in here. Yes, it is. I've been watching you from the window, and I noticed that though you were shaking with cold, you paused to listen to the singing. You must like the Christmas hymns. Oh, I do, Father. I do. So do I, my boy. That's why I came here. When I heard that the choir was going to rehearse them, I could not stay away. But look here. You've dropped your envelope. Oh, I, I mustn't lose that. It's very important. It's a letter to Santa Claus. Letter to Santa Claus, is it? Well, that's fine. I suppose it contains a long list of what you want for Christmas. No, Father. You see, I only want one thing. A job for my daddy. Job for your daddy? Yes, Father. Oh, we're very poor. Daddy's been out of work for a long time. Then you must let me help you. Instead of mailing this letter to Santa Claus, let me bring it to the attention of St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas? But isn't he Santa Claus? Well, some people say he is. Others say he's not. But regardless of that, St. Nicholas and Santa Claus are a good deal alike. You see... They both love little children. They want to see them happy and gay. That's why I think St. Nicholas might help you. Won't you tell me more about him, Father? Well, very well, if you wish me to. Oh, I do, Father, I do. Well, many, many years ago, in the early part of the fourth century, a sailing ship was making its way through the calm and peaceful waters toward the shore of a distant Alexandria. Nicholas, then a young priest, was standing on the deck, engaged in conversation with the captain. And then he... Well, Father Nicholas, how did you enjoy your little pilgrimage to the Holy Land? Very much. Very much indeed, Captain. It was most inspiring and very awesome to think that I have walked along the same roads that once the Lord Jesus Christ had walked. To think that these feet of mine have trod the very ground upon which the blood of Christ did fall, in tiny, precious drops, as he climbed the long and weary way to Calvary. Ah, oh, yes, Captain, it was most inspiring. I shall have much to tell my people when I return to Patara. Patara? Then you're going to Patara, Father? Why, yes, yes, of course. That is where we are headed, are we not? Oh, no, Father, you're quite mistaken. We're headed for Alexandria. Alexandria? But I was told in Jerusalem that this ship made port in Patara. Unfortunately, you've been misled, Father. But I must get to Patara. I'm sorry, Father. I cannot change my course. But it is most important that I get to Patara as soon as possible. And it is equally important that I get this ship to Alexandria. I am sailing under orders, Father. I cannot disregard them. And I will not disobey them. Why, if I... What was that? Thunder, Captain. Thunder. Yes. Yes, it was thunder. And suddenly a great wind has risen. Strange. A moment ago all was peaceful. The water's still and calm. And now... All hands on deck. Look to your sails. Hey! Hold your course. Father Nicholas, you'd better go to your cabin. Looks like we're in for a real blow. Oh, let me stay here, Captain. Let me ease you with my prayer. Oh, very well. You'll be stable in your cabin. Those lines! Those lines! Take them fast! Aye, 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 aye. 
Almighty Father in heaven, protect thy children against the raging elements. Still the tempest, we beseech thee, and allow us to reach our destination in safety. O God, thou who art the master of men and the master of wind and wave, hear this prayer, and if it is thy will... Thunder is dying away in the distance. The storm is over. Yes, the storm is over, Captain. But behold, it has driven us within sight of land. Yes, yes, so it has. There in the distance, I see the shores of... But wait, those are not the shores of Alexandria. We've been driven far off our course. Those, those are the shores of... Of Patara, Captain. Those are the shores of Patara. Then, Father Nicholas... Wind and waves have granted your wish. Not my wish, Captain, but God's will. That is but one of the stories told of St. Nicholas. There are many, many others. Among them... The story of the Woolcomber's three daughters. Tell me about it, Father. Very well, I shall. It happened that Nicholas' parents died when he was very young and left him a great fortune, a fortune that he was ever pleased to share with the poor. And one day, as he was... Father Nicholas, I've heard so much of your many kindnesses to the poor and needy that I've come to believe that you alone can aid me. Have you forgotten God? No, Father. But he seems to have forgotten us. He seems to have passed right by our little home. Oh, no. No, my child. He passes by no home unless the door is locked against him. And even then, he knocks. Well, tell me, what troubles you? Well, Father, I... I am only one of three sisters, daughters of a poor woolcomber, and, well, our father believes that we have reached the age when we should marry. Marry? But you are a mere child. Your sisters must be a great deal older than you. But they're not, Father Nicholas. They're younger. Nevertheless, father insists that we marry at once. He says he cannot afford to keep us at home any longer. So we must find husbands or... Oh, Father, it's horrible to think about. He means to turn us out into the street. I see, I see. And you do not care to marry. We cannot marry. No one will have us. But why not? You're certainly not unattractive. In fact, you're very pretty. It isn't that, Father. It's simply that we are poor and haven't any dowry to bring to our husband. Mm, I see. And is a dowry so important? It seems to be. The young men won't even look at us. Oh, Father, if only something could be done. Well, perhaps something will be done. I shouldn't be at all surprised. But now, now you must go home, comfort your sisters, and pray with them. And have faith in God, the giver of all good things.
that night when darkness had cloaked the city, a solitary figure strode down the narrow winding street to the home of the poor Wolfomer. He paused for a moment before the humble dwelling, and then quickly took a bag from beneath his crew, then tossed it through the open window and went on. The next morning, joyous cries were heard from the issue from the Wolfomer's home. A bag of gold had been lying on the floor as though it had been dropped from heaven. A short time passed, and the first of the Wolfomer's daughters was married. Some few days later, the incident was repeated, and the second daughter married. Again, for the third time, the solitary figure passed in front of the Wolfomer's home, and as he drew his arm back to toss the bag through the open window, another figure stepped from behind a tree and called to... Wait, wait. Oh, so it is as I suspected. You are the bearer of gifts, Father Nicholas. <laughs> so at last I've been found out. Yes, friend Wolcomer, it is I. But no one else must know. You must not tell a single soul. You must Oh, keep... every night since the second bag of gold was found, I have hidden there behind that tree and waited for the third. I was sure it would come, and fairly sure that you would be the one to bring it. Oh, good Saint Nicholas... You are kind indeed, and I am cruel and wicked. Oh. Now you, you call me the bearer of gifts. Very well, so be it. Even as your daughters have received their gifts of gold, so shall you also receive a gift, the greatest gift of all. For unto you I offer God. Accept him, I pray you and enshrine him in your heart of hearts. And so, thanks to the kindness of the good St. Nicholas, the daughters of the Wolfcombers were happily married. Some time later, Nicholas was made Bishop of Myra, and it was during that time that the cruel emperor Diocletian became, began his persecutions of the Christians. Nicholas was seized and cast into a dungeon, where for many years he was forced to remain. Often at night, he would fall to his knees. Oh, God, my Father, grant me this petition. Let me live until at last once more I shall walk in the bright sunlight and look upon the smiling faces of children happy at their play. Let me hear their joyous laughter ringing in my ears. Let me speak to them and tell them of thy son who said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. O oh, heavenly Father, I beseech thee, to hear this prayer of thy servant who has ever loved thee. Though he remained in the dark dungeon a long, long time, the Emperor Diocletian was finally defeated by Constantine, who, upon ascending the throne, issued an order that all Christians be released and allowed to worship their God. 
Once more, all was peaceful. One day, as Nicholas stood in a beautiful garden near a church, breathing deeply of the delicately, sweetly scented air, gazing at the brilliantly hued blossoms as they nodded their daily heads, the soft notes of a hymn sung by the choir within the church. Father. Father Nicholas. Yes, yes, my son. Something terrible has happened. The little boy they called Peter fell into a fire and was burned to death. Burned to death? Oh, yes, no. Father. Burned to death. Oh, it was awful. Awful. See, Father, that crowd of people coming through the gates. They are neighbors of the dead child's mother. She's bringing the body to you, Father. She wants you to do... Father. Father. Father Nicholas. Yes, yes, my daughter. You see, my son. He's... He's dead, Father. Dead. His body is black, charred like a piece of burnt wood. He loved you, Father. You used to tell him stories about Jesus. Here, take him in your arms. All that remains of him. He, he'd like that. Very well, my daughter. I shall take him in my arms. As so often I have done before. Give him to me. Oh, Peter. Peter. Oh, Father. What shall I do? What shall I do? Wait. Wait, my daughter. Oh, merciful Father. Thou who didst give life to this child, who now rests within my arms, silent and lifeless. Forgive me if I ask thee to give me the power with which to restore that life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The child moves. He opens his eyes. And look, no longer is his body charred and black, but it glows again with the ruddiness of health. He lives. The child lives. A miracle. A miracle. Oh, oh dear Lord. I thank thee. My, my son lives. He lives. Oh, Father Nicholas, you are truly the bearer of gifts. You have bestowed upon my son the gift of life. May God bless you. Father Nicholas was yet to endure another great trial. Some time later, the great council of Nisi was assembled, and bishops from all parts of the known world gathered to discuss the problems of the church. Now, among these bishops was one by the name of Arius. He had composed several pieces of music, and through them hoped to gain personal fame. He appeared before the council and... Uh, I ask the permission of this council to be allowed to continue using these songs I have composed. I feel that these words... These songs are vile. Father Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra, forgets himself. Perhaps, but I have not forgotten the songs. And I repeat, they are vile. <laughs> Silence! You have not asked permission to speak. 
And yet you have spoken, Father Nicholas. I am sorry, Father. But you see, I have heard the songs to which Bishop Arius refers. And it is my firm belief that both the words and the music are unworthy of the official recognition of the church. That is for the council to decide, Father Nicholas, not you. Very well. But if perchance the council should decide in favor of Bishop Arius' proposal, let me point out that the council will be making a very great mistake. He dared to enter the church. Yes, as if it were possible for the council to make a mistake. Silence. Aye, aye. If you are quite finished, Father Nicholas, I should like to state that not only shall the council decide the fate of the musical compositions in question, but your own fate as well. And largely due to the persistent efforts of Bishop Arius, Father Nicholas was found guilty of conduct unbecoming a bishop and deprived of his mitre and paw. He was even imprisoned for a time. And often at night in the loneliness of his cell, he knelt in prayer to the Blessed Mother. One night... Oh, Blessed Mother, help me. Help me to understand how I have failed thy son. What have I done to displease him? That he should hide his face from me and allow me to remain imprisoned here in the darkness. If I have sinned against him by some thoughtless act or word or deed, I humbly beg forgiveness. Whatever I have done, I have done out of love for him. And yet, yet I have failed him. I have failed him. Nicholas, Nicholas, good and faithful servant. Ah, that voice, that voice. Oh, yes. Yes, it is she. Oh, blessed Virgin Mary, you have come to me. Be of good courage, Nicholas. Thy mitre and Paul will soon be restored to thee. My son wills it. Oh, your son wills it. Oh, then, then I have not. You have not failed him, Nicholas. You are one in whom he is well pleased. Farewell. Farewell. Oh, she... She's gone. Gone. Oh, but gone too is my grief. And all my heaviness of heart. I have not failed my lord. And the promise given Father Nicholas by the Blessed Mother was fulfilled. His mitre and Paul were restored to him. And once again, as Bishop of Myra, he gathered the little children about him and told them stories of Jesus. 
And then the angel spoke and said, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And as the angel finished speaking, a host of other angels joined him, and they began to sing, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And so you see, little boy, said Nicholas loved little children very much and was always very kind to them. That's why I think he might help you. And didn't he ever die, Father? He shed the burden of flesh, as one day we must all shed it. But for souls such as his, there is no death. His soul lives on and on. Reborn each year in the spirit of Christmas. But come, let us kneel together and pray to him, asking him to grant your Christmas wish and to find a job for your daddy. This story of St. Nicholas, which has been presented as an Ave Marie Hour, is the work of Franciscan friars in a monastery high above the Hudson River at Garrison, New York. Long ago, they consecrated their lives to helping others, feeding and sheltering the homeless that climbed the winding path from the road below. To aid you and to aid other Ave Maria listeners in their prayers, to strengthen their faith, the friars in their little chapel conduct a perpetual miraculous medal novena. In this novena, they will gladly pray for the solution of your problems, spiritual or material, regardless of your race, creed, or color. Here are thanksgiving letters from grateful listeners for whom the friars have offered prayers. From Philadelphia, my husband was at home sick for more than four years. I ask your prayers that he would be able to return to work. Last week he found work. Thank God. From Wayne, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> I do thank you for your prayers for my sister and me, especially my sister, who was in trouble. I am thankful to say her affairs have been settled and she is out of the trouble that was confronting her. From St. David, Pennsylvania. This is a small Thanksgiving offering for you in behalf of your homeless men for a great favor through their prayers and the miraculous medal novena. Early last spring, I sent a petition for my wife's recovery from a complete nervous and physical collapse which she had been suffering for 18 months. Within two weeks after sending that petition, her condition improved and she has been improving steadily ever since. Truly, it is miraculous. God bless you in your great and noble work. Many, many other Thanksgiving letters have been received. If you wish to send a request or petition to be entered in this novena, simply write it in your own words and address it to the Father Director of the Ave Maria Hour at Garrison, New York. The friars will send a miraculous medal to those who ask for it. 
Here is the address again. Father Director of the Ave Maria Hour at Garrison, New York.